Welcome to TGIP, it's podcast time. This podcast is intended solely for entertainment purposes. The subjects discussed are not aimed at providing professional advice. Everything shared on this platform is based on personal experience, opinion, and should be considered subjective, not applicable to all. In addition, we welcome all individuals, regardless of their affiliations. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to CGIP. It's Arasha, and I'm still here with Cassie and Dee. And um, today we're going to dive in a little bit on the Haitian culture concept of children respecting their elders' wishes versus their elders actually supporting their children and their decisions. So um, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back, guys. So let's just dive right into the topic. What are you guys' thoughts and opinion around um, our culture, the Haitian culture, um, when it comes to children respecting their parents' wishes and versus, like, you know, parents? Um, yeah. What do you guys think? Um, I think Haitian parents our culture um i think parents don't really like for children to talk back like when i was younger it's it was kind of like what you were told is the truth and you kind of had to accept it because i think haitian parents think that they know better and it's not to their fault or just to say it's a negative thing but i think in their mind they they think that they already lived certain things. They already went through certain things. They already saw both sides of, you know, the metal. So they know um, what's already best for their children. And so because of that mindset, when the child, I think, has um, the opportunity to make their own decision, sometimes it's met with, uh, you know, resistance. Because in our culture specifically, um, I think the, for example, like the, the um, professions that are, you know, the best to Haitian parents, you either have to be a doctor a lawyer, an engineer, um, you know, all these big things. And if you come with, you know, let's say you want to be, I don't know, a dancer, that's definitely not going to be something that they are going to applaud. And it's not something that, you know, um, right away that they are going to be okay with because that's just not, I guess that's not the norm. So when it comes, when that happens, I feel that the the, the kid is trying to explain to the parent that this is what I want to do. They're seeing it as being disrespected because the plan they had for you, this big plan of success, you're not seeing it. So you're not agreeing with what they're saying. So you're, you are disrespecting them. Whereas I think if they try to maybe kind of see it as in, okay, you want me to be a doctor, but maybe I wasn't cut out to be a doctor. It's not to shame any doctors or anything, but maybe I don't have, you know, the, the, the ability or even the want or the will to be that. So I think it causes like, you know, conflict sometimes when they're, they're not really trying to understand where the kid comes from because they just have this mindset of it, it's, set up this way because I know that's what's best for you I know that's gonna be the best outcome in the end so this is definitely what you should be doing and so in return the kid doesn't really feel supported because all these um these thoughts all these expectations are being pushed onto them and they they don't really know what to do with it and or they do and they don't always want to go against the parent because it's not really uh, um, welcome in our culture either for kids to um, go against their parents' wishes. So I think that causes kind of like a, you know, like an imbalance between parents and children because they are just so focused on one side, the parents, on what they think is right, and the kid trying to branch out 
and do what they think is right for their own lives. You know what I mean? So for me, um, I think Asian parents are always right. They have a certain way um, of thinking and it's just, you know, it's the right way. You cannot tell them that you tr- you want to do this or can you do that. It's just they tell you to do this. You just have to do it. So um, I think it's not really a good way to go with children because most of us right now are like kind of, you know, <laughs> traumatized <laughs> because of that. <laughs> because imagine your parents telling you something and you're like oh no I'm not gonna do it and it's like what they will call the whole family saying that you're trying to fight them (laughs) you're trying to kill them because you just didn't want to do what they asked you to do and there is that expectation of you too it's like you have to stay in school you have to become a a lawyer, a nurse, a doctor, or an engineer, and then you will have to get married and have kids. So it's like you have a certain order the way they want you to do it. It's like you cannot, you know, have a boyfriend if you're not done with school, or you cannot have a husband if you're not, you know, already a doctor or a lawyer or something. So it's like, um, as children, we just, you know, kind of grow up with fear of, you know, just not making it to the expectation of our parents or, you know, with the fear of like, oh my God, I'm going to tell my parents I want to be a singer. They're just going to kill me because, you know, it's not something you can tell your parents, like they will literally tell you, what is that? Like, that's not a career. You cannot be a singer. Like, how are you going to provide for your family? You have to go to school. You have to be a nurse or you have to be, you know, something else they just have in mind. So um, I am for Asian parents, when you say no, it's disrespect. It doesn't matter what it is, even if it's for your own good or whatever, you just cannot say no to them because it's, disrespect for them and as kids we don't really feel supported because you know sometimes you really want your parents to understand your you know how you're feeling emotionally mentally and stuff like that and another thing Asian parents don't don't (laughs) just don't believe on those stuff like when you're like oh I feel sad or I feel something they would literally tell you it's because you like you have it too easy. They just took care of you, and now you have you feel sad, and now you feel this. So it's just a whole bunch of things. But I think now it's a little bit different. I'm not saying that the parents are changing, but it's more the kids. They trying you know to for themselves. They trying to say no. They trying to go their way and do what they want. It was really difficult for our, you know, older sisters and brothers to do that because literally their parents will not let them do that. And the whole family will support um, the parents. But right now, you know, it's a little bit better because I think, you know, um, some of the children, they are trying to, you know, make their voices heard and stuff like that. But listen... When you heard Asian parents, you just want to run. <laughs> well, that's what I think. What about you? Um, I agree. I mean, I was just laughing because I was going down memory lane of when we were younger. It's like their favorite word is no. And their favorite sentence is because I said so. So it's like, you don't really understand. They don't take their time to explain their reasoning behind. You know, I do believe that they they kind of have good intentions, but I just don't know about the delivery of those intentions. Because mm-hmm. as a parent, you know, I, they're good parents. You know, they'll do all the deeds to make sure that, you know, 
on the outside, we're perfectly fine. Like we're going to be educated, you know, we're going to have food, we're going to have clothes on our backs, but it's like, it's more than that to like, you know, form a mini human into like a grown adult, a successful, healthy adult. Um, And they don't understand that. And like D said, it's like, even right now, like, you know, I'm the youngest and obviously, you know, if, if I'm the youngest and I'm, I'm in my thirties, my parents are way, way older and, you know, if I, try, if I try to talk to them about certain things like generational trauma, you know, secondhand trauma, like I personally feel like I kind of had it easy because I was the youngest. But at the same time, I saw my, el- my elders, as in like my older siblings and my older cousins and stuff, have it rough. And when I try to talk to them about like how I didn't understand why you know, certain things were happening, like, you know, my mom, her, her, she'll say, like, it's because, you know, I was fortunate enough to go to school that I think that I can do psychology on her now because I think I, I know what psychology is, but it's like, they're not open to trying to understand, you know, our side as children. And I think it's so powerful now, like Dee said, that the newer generations were breaking like you know generational curses as in like we are like like we are choosing to change how we're gonna do things different with with our babies you know like I hear you know parents who talk about spanking their kids and you know they have very very strong opinions about it like they'll be like you're a monster if you spank your kid and that's abuse, obviously. We're talking about Haitian culture. So we're not talking about America. There's no ACS back home. So, like, personally, I feel like the way that back home they discipline, I don't think it's bad, you know? You know, you get a spanking here and there in your booty or whatever with a belt. But I don't think it's bad, you know? You know, my, my mom used to beat me up sometimes, you know, <laughs> when I didn't want to listen to my mom. My mom would threaten my friends to beat them up. <laughs> exactly. She literally us up. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't turn out. I don't feel like I was abused and stuff like that. But I I never think of that option, you know, when I think about, you know, building a family it never crosses my mind to feel like, you know, in order for my child to listen to me, I'm going to have to beat them up. Um, Not because I think that our parents did bad. That's all they knew. But just because I wish that, you know, when I was younger and they told me no, and I still did it, I wish they would sit me down and explain to me why there was a no. It's like, don't touch the fire because it's actually going to burn you. And if you get burned, you're going to be hurt. Versus, no, don't touch the fire because I said so, which would only spark my curiosity. So I think, you know, the delivery of, you know, the way our parents kind of like try to mold their intentions into the physical world. It's just it's it's not really effective and efficient like they said, like we end up with trauma, a, a, a thing that's very, you know, big is that they have their own trauma and because they never took the time to um work on themselves took the time to even understand their own trauma they never healed from it so they pass it on and because we're trying to do different we're trying to like heal ourselves we're trying to like you know make sure we're good internally just to make sure that our babies are like, you know, if they're going to have trauma, they're going to develop their own trauma, not because of us. So they don't have to carry the weight of, you know, our um, pain. Um, I think that's what's going to, you know, separate us from from them. Um, and I think, you know, Haitian parents, I think it's two things with them. They have issues around power struggles. It's like, like D said, like, for some reason, they get triggered when they hear no from a, a, their kid. It's like, who's the parent? You or I. But it's like you're not really understanding that your kid is telling you no because either they're afraid or they're they're hurting or something. Like, try to figure out why. Um, 
and then I do think that they're drama kings and queens. Like it's like <laughs> when you when you're old enough that you can't get a beating <laughs> and you're able to move on. It's like I don't understand. You could be 30, you could be 40, you could be 50. They never see you in the light that you're you're a full adult versus them they had families and houses and babies at a very young age so they they took it upon themselves to be like adults nobody could tell them nothing but with us it's like you know if you're gonna tell them mother you're gonna come to my house you know what (sighs) i live with my boyfriend something crazy like that for them like you said next thing you know they end up in the hospital because you're trying to kill them and it's like they call the entire family and, you know, talk about how they raised you with values and morals. And it's just, you know, you just shit it in their face. And it's like, when did that turn to be about you? Like, we're talking about me here, my life. I'm an adult. I'm making my decisions. And all of a sudden you're sick. And now the entire family has to focus on you. And then I have to be blamed for, I feel like all Haitian parents are so dramatic. Moms, I mean, dads too, because I feel like dads are really followers of moms. But moms, it's like, they'll be crying, but you never really see the tears type. I don't know if you guys see what I'm talking about. <laughs> we definitely see. Yeah, but that's, that's what I think. Um, and then in terms of support... So I feel like, you know, they do support us. Again, the delivery is not really right because there's one thing with Haitian parents is that once you finally cross the bridge where you're good in yourself, as in like, you know, I guess they see that you have the basics, like, you know, you're educated because education is a very big part of our culture. Um, Haitian culture believes strongly in education, meaning that, you know, you can sustain yourself in society. You're able to have a job to care for yourself. You have shelter, you're independent. I think once you you're past the fighting bridge with them to accomplish this, these things that you want that will eventually also bring you to you know that kind of like road that they want for you because you don't want bad for yourself you just have a different way around it I think they get to be very proud of us you know they may never sit us down and tell us oh my child you know just so you know I'm so proud of you or whatever they'll always tell you you're the worst child they ever had you don't listen you almost killed them like 50 times But they'll tell their friends how much, you know, they're proud of you. Um, You know, if you have a problem, Haitian families, Haitian parents will be the first to jump ships to come save you. Um, And I hope that most of our Haitian people do have that experience. Like, they'll fight you, but they don't want anybody to, like, harm you. Like, they will literally, like, yes, like, body bags if people try to, like, harm their children all of these things so in their way you know they're supportive it's just that I would say I I don't know if emotionally they know how to show that Um, yeah all Haitian parents listening um to this episode (laughs) we're not trying to bash you we know you tried your best you want the best for us next thing we know this episode is the only one episode of the podcast that's all over WhatsApp that we said this and that about you. No. <laughs> what we want you to understand is My that... mom is going to the hospital. <laughs> oh! Out of all the episodes of this podcast, I know Yeah, it. this one you will be all over the place. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I guess what we're trying to, trying to say is that we do understand, you know, where our parents were coming from because we turned out to be fine we had a a good education we turned out to be uh, good human beings you know just trying to do our best in society and everything like that we you did a good job parents we'll give you a pat on the back Um, but what we're saying is um, it's also important to listen to your kids because we do know how we feel Yes, you may know or think that you know the best, but we're the ones who are living our own lives. And it's okay if we make our own mistakes. It's okay if, you know, we fall down and we we lose the way. Uh, We lose ourselves along the way or something like that. We'll find it back. Um, 
So don't try to, you know, push what you think is right on us because just like you made your own mistake to to know what you think is right, we also have to go through our own path to find what we think is right for ourselves, you know. Um, in my case, I am the firstborn in my family, so I, I went through all the hoopla Bef- uh, before my siblings so they didn't really have to go through things like that because I the things I hear my little brother and sister get away with these days I, I'm like did we really come from the same family I don't get it but um, <laughs> um, I wasn't beat up that much with a belt or anything like that but <laughs> no I wasn't there wasn't like you know I guess physical resistance um, between my parents and I but there, like there's also the psychological or, or connection part of it because when I was younger I had a close relationship with my mom and stuff like that and things were great until it's like okay I, I, I started um, it started being that I'm, I'm, I want to find my way and stuff like that and the, one of the main um, issues was because I wanted to be a pediatrician everything was great in the, and stuff like that but once I wasn't really able to follow that path anymore and I was talking about um, social work psychology sociology and stuff like that and my parents are like those are cosmetic things you're talking about that's not a real career and stuff like that and they don't realize that, okay, you're saying these things because you don't think they're right. But at the same time, you're kind of um, like you're you're kind of um, making the bond that you have with your kid not being the same at the same way. Because what's, what's happening is that, the you know, you're starting to feel like they're not really appreciating the, the things you want to do in life. They're not really seeing, like, the good things that you could end up doing. It's really what they think is right. And that causes a rift that they're, they're thinking, like, you're the one who's resisting them. You're the one who's not seeing this or that. But I'm telling you, this is what I want to do. And you're not really listening. And that can, you know, that can cause issues that don't have to be there in the first place. Because besides the... I guess the physical beatings or stuff like that. I think kids get over that um, more quickly or easier than if there's like an emotional break between a parent-child relationship over things that don't really include, you know, like this this want of support, like this this um, understanding that the kid is looking for. I think there's more of an impact when it comes to that. So parents, if you're listening and you want to go tell all your friends, that's what we're talking about. You know, um, like Dee said, uh, we're, we are on our end trying to break like this generational um you know, um, rift between kids and parents and stuff like that. But also on your end, you know, try to take these things and look at it as in, okay, maybe I could take a step back and listen to what he or she is saying. Because after all, it's not it's not that bad. Because like Russia just said, when we are set in our lives and they can see we are independent and we have all our stuff together and stuff like that, there's a they have like a different um um behavior towards their child because oh now you're 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 good you're you you are set and everything so I can see you differently but how about you know that starts from the beginning instead of in the end when you see like oh okay I see what she was trying to say or I see what he was trying to say and okay it wasn't bad after all so now things can be okay how about you do that from the beginning and add that little layer of uh, communication and you know that that layer of um, okay I don't get what you're saying but also support you or I'll try to understand you I'll try to not push what I think is okay on you and see how you're developing with that you know so that's what we're saying I I, I think you're right mm-hmm. <laughs> yes that's exactly what we're saying it's like yes you know we are you are perfectionist you want our lives to be perfect you want us to do things a certain way and we really appreciate that you just provided for us you know you cared for us and all that but you know just listen a little bit um just like Kathy I'm the firstborn so I went through all the (laughs) oh my gosh like I had a really really good relationship with my mom 
I used to tell Catherine Rasha that I used to say my mom is my best friend. <laughs> we talk about everything. They always laugh at me when I said that. They're like, okay, well, <laughs> you'll see. And I was like, no, she's really different. Like, she's not going to be like that and stuff. And then one day I was like, mom, listen, I want to do stuff my way now. Like, you know, I want to, you know, do my own stuff, start doing things my way. Because I don't know if it's because I was the firstborn, you know, they always, you know, saw me as a baby, you know, they had to do stuff for me all the time. So, and I was, you know, trying to take care of everybody so it's like when I'm like, well, I want to do stuff for me. It's like, oh, now you selfish. You don't want to take care of us anymore or you don't want to be with us anymore. And it's like, well, yeah, but listen, you guys went and had a whole family. You had to leave your parents, right? So why can't I do that? And it's like, oh, my God, you're so disrespectful and stuff. Like the drama just came out. It's like oh my god, um, you're trying to kill me, the whole family is like, why are you doing this to your mom? And it's like, oh my god, what did I do? I just said I wanted to do things for myself. I wanted to, you know, grow a little bit. So is that a problem? So it's like, they want you to have it good, to have it perfect. But it's like, like Gasha said, they don't really it that way you know they deliver it in a, in a sense that you feel like they don't really support you when they actually do because you know one friend will tell you oh your mom is so proud of you but it's just the friend that's gonna tell you that because your mom or your father will never tell you that they are proud of you they will be like oh you're the worst child ever you always making me mad you're so disrespectful and you're like what but then when you talk to a friend or another member of the family they'd be like oh your mom is so proud of you like um she did raise you good and stuff like that so it's like they are supportive but it's just they can't really picture you saying no or picture you doing your own stuff it's like mom you're not gonna be able to like you know do everything for me or tell me what to do until I'm like 60 or 50 but they don't understand that because for them you're still like a kid and you still have to follow whatever they ask you to do so like Kathy said um on our end we're trying to change that because I mean we we took all the good that they did for us and we're trying to you know deliver it another way when it comes to our children but they have to do their part too. And I think that's the most difficult part of it because Asian parents, I don't know when they are going to finally sit and say, well, um, you know, I'm not always right. Or, you know, I don't think that will happen. But I think that will be great if they start to listen and if they start to be more emotionally available to their kids. You know, like Kathy said, if you get a beating, you know, it's fine. You know, you're going to cry it out and then you'll sleep and then you'll wake up fine. But if emotional, if you feel like, you know, you had that great bond with your mom and then all of a sudden because you said you want to do stuff for yourself and she's like, oh, no, she's mad. And you're like, what is going on? Like, you feel like this this type of relationship is starting to break and you know, this will have an emotional impact on you. And that is more difficult to get rid of. You know, it's like these traumas will go with you. So you will have to work on them and stuff like that. So what we're trying to say to patient parents is like, thank you, you, you wanted us to be good. And you did whatever you could to make us really good. But would you listen or would you try to, you know, accept when I say no for something? Because, you know, I love myself, too. It's me. My life, I love myself. So if you said something, yes, it could be good. Yes, it could be good for me. But maybe I want to do something else, you know? Um, so that's the biggest problem that we have. It's like um, our parents support us, but we don't feel we don't feel like they do 
Um, our parents want the best for us, but they're so dramatic. You know, it just can't go across the way, you know, we want to feel it. So um, also Asian parents, you should start to really tell your kids that you are proud of them and you're proud of, you know, their accomplishment and stuff like that, because, I think every kid can just say that. It's like, you're the worst. You're not good at all. You this, you that. But, you know, we know you're proud, so can you say that? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that, um, you know, it's it's weird because they contradict themselves so much. It's like they, they have these goals and they have these dreams. And I think some of them, because, again, that they didn't really deal well with the way they interacted with their own parents or they dealt with their own trauma, that their, like, their priority is to make sure that they do everything in order for us to not get hurt at all. It's like if they've gone through some stuff, you know, because let's say they were heartbroken or because a friend betrayed them, their solution automatically is that I will make sure that my daughter never has a friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Never, we couldn't like, have friends. <laughs> because, I mean, when you really, when you get older and you try to understand them, you're like, I understand what you were trying to do, but it 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 didn't work because you have to understand just because one person betrayed you doesn't mean that my friends will betray me. And also, what about yourself, you know, healing and allowing for you to have other friends, despite the fact that you were hurt by one person, you know, teaching them not to generalize stuff. Um, but can we just talk about, you know, how they just contradict themselves? It's like so many examples, like the first ones he said, like, you know, when we're older, they want to sit and tell us all these things. Like, you know, it's like, once you hit a certain age and you know they're kind of proud of you know how far you you've come so many things have to happen like first of all you need to be their best friends like they want you to be calling them every day tell them about your business you know tell them about your it's like they want to be your bff and it's like how am i supposed to be your best friend now when i was a kid you told me many times i'm your mother i'm not your friend i know right i'm so confused and then we have oh my god like the best topic it's like once you know the bell rings and you get your diploma whatever from college or grad school out of nowhere you know mama wants to have that conversation about oh my god you know when are you giving me grandchildren excuse me did you like save some eggs for me to implant in myself you know once (laughs) i graduated so i could push these babies out to you no, it's like you you never like told me, look, you're going to high school, got to practice safe sex or, you know, not have sex at all. But you know what? That's how you're going to start learning about, you know, other people get into relationships, but you need to stay focused on yourself. No, none of these things. You go to college, you know, make sure when you go to college, you know, every boy that comes talk to you, you're like, I, I just talked to my books. I can't talk to you right now. It's just about my books. And then boom, you're like 25. They're asking you, they're like, so are you going to give me like a son-in-law? What, what, where is he in your pocket? Yeah, I know. Like, I exactly. want <laughs> So it's like, I don't understand. They contradict themselves so, so, so much. It's like, now they want to have certain conversations with you. Whereas when you're a kid, they tell you to be quiet. You're not supposed to talk to them. They're, they're adults. You can't say this because you're a child. But then now, like these relationships have to be built from a very, very, from the womb, really. You know, I understand that when you have children and you're raising children, there's a very, very fine line between, you know, being your child's friend versus being your child's parent. So, yes, you still have to discipline and be a role model, but your children need to feel safe with you. They need to feel that even though they may be afraid to not disappoint you, but they feel safe enough that they can come home and tell you about their mistakes. Because even if you're stern and you're going to tell them, you know, where they went wrong, you're also going to tell them that it's going to be okay and that, you know, they'll come from come back from their mistake. But if you don't do that with your baby since they're children, how do you expect to build that, you know, 
mother-daughter relationship, father-son relationship when you're growing old together. I feel like, honestly, when you get into a certain age, besides pretty much a handful of people that you can call your friends, you you really become friends with your parents, you know? You really do things with your mom. You really do things with your dad. You know, you have family gatherings where, you know, your mom can open up about certain things when they were young. So that's beautiful. But how are these things going to happen if you didn't, you know, kind of like set the tone from the beginning? Maybe not when your kid is five. You're not going to be like, girl, let me tell you something what your dad did to me when I was getting married. Obviously, you're not going to tell your five-year-old that. But when you have like a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old, you can start setting the tone like, you know, having, um, um, you know, time together and opening up and, you know, asking is anything going on in your life. And FYI, if you have a Haitian parent <laughs> and they ask you one day they want to be nice and they ask you what's going on in your life and everything, don't tell them. <laughs> yep, don't. Because yeah. they will use that against you. They'll be yeah. your BFF right now asking you. And once they hear what's going on, oh, you have such and such trying to talk to you? That's why I sent you to school? So you can have such and such <laughs> Yeah, don't to say you. anything. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I guess because we're older now and, you know, we kind of understand certain things. It's funny. But it wasn't funny back then, you know, it can cause a lot of, you know, confusion and a lot of, you know, different emotions, not feeling safe, not feeling that you have anywhere to turn to, because the biggest thing that parents need to understand, and I I don't want to, I like, I can't stress this enough, you don't have to push a child to be a parent. Just because you push a child, it doesn't make you a parent. It just because you don't have a child or you have an adoptive baby doesn't mean that you, you're not as good as a parent. Parenting comes from, you know, the way you want to care for another person that you know that's going to depend on you. So it's very important for parents to understand that they need to make sure that their children are safe. That's very important. Like within the first years of childhood, zero to six, zero to nine, your babies need to feel safe because you are the first person, you are the first people that they know are supposed to protect them. So the second that that barrier is broken, that, that, that bond is broken and they feel like the home that I come to, the people who gave birth to me, who made me, I don't feel safe around them. Then they're going to develop all sorts of issues towards the world because nobody owes them anything out there. But... I don't know. I mean, like you said, I don't, <laughs> at this point, you know, I think we can let our parents, you know, slide with that. They did a good job. Haitian parents did a good job. But for the new generation to come, it's like, you know, um, yes, definitely starting by listening, letting your babies express themselves, but also being able to express yourselves to your kids too. tell them, well, you said something to me at the dinner table today and that hurt me. That hurt mama. So, you know, when you hurt people, that's not really a good thing because how would you feel if I hurt you? How would you feel if a friend said such and such to you? I think these little things are like what make your kid feel safe, secure, and strong enough to go out there in the world and, you know, be themselves and, you know, have confidence that, you know, even though the world may not be so nice to them, they still have a safe place to run back to. Yes, you said it all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. No, you did. That's true. Like it's I think the main problem for us when we were kids, it was the confusion. It's like you want this, but you're doing that. You want this, but you're saying that. So I think I think that was the problem. And the projection too. The fact that um, they got hurt before and then um, they just want to protect you from everything. Like you can't have friends. You can't talk to nobody because, you know, they don't want you to get hurt. You have to let your kids have their own experience and, you know, um, make their own mistakes and learn from them. Yeah. And I think we should remember that, too, when it's our turn, because I'm pretty sure even though we're going to bring certain things to the table, 
the new generation will not see things the way we see things like you know um how we you know we believed in work like you know work hard struggle whatever our babies are probably gonna you know be more successful than us at a very much younger age so how are we gonna feel about this how are we gonna take it so I think you know hopefully we remember what it was like for us to be children and when we feel so strongly about um you know putting pushing our beliefs on our kids we can take a step back and be like okay let me listen let me not be my parent right now and let me listen and you know be the parent that I told myself I was going to be so teach me what you're trying to do let me try to understand and as long as you're showing me that the way that you want to take is going to be good for you in the end like I'll be supportive if and if I don't get it yeah well it's good that we are talking about it and hopefully that does well if if it's not if it's not just from us but hopefully that starts like a chain um for parents to be able to well Haitian parents to be able to understand where their kids are coming from because um I think it's it's good that we went um like we saw things on our end but also their end it's not like we were saying okay, this is how we only felt. We actually understand that they were trying their best and they just had, like Rasha said, not the best delivery about, you know, their method of parenting. And hopefully, um, as much as it helps, it's going to help us when we become parents to know how, you know, what to do or not to do based on our experience. But hopefully also it helps them um, be more open-minded and understanding to uh, the way that we felt. So then, you know, yes, maybe they won't be able to um, go back to how things were, but maybe, you know, um, build a better relationship with us and also with our, you know, children, their grandchildren when that happens because you you never really stop being a, a parent. I feel like, you know, as a parent, you always are teaching in one way or another. You always, you know, are advising in one way or another. Um, so hopefully these um, discussions and these reflections can help um can help them see things in 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 our way kind of understand um our point of it because we understand their point of it and we just want to you know let let them know that okay this is what you thought but it really wasn't this way on our end and hopefully this brings a difference you know makes things different um in in those relationships between Haitian parents and their kids yeah all right, guys. So I would say, you know, so the parents don't think we're bashing them. What are each of you guys' favorite memories um, of your Haitian parents? Um, for me, I think, well, when I was younger, my family and I, we went on road trips um, a lot. So I really enjoyed those. We went to different states. We went to, um, we stayed in hotels and stuff like that. We went to Universal Studios. Um, so staying on the road, like in the car with them was fun because we played games and we sang and things like that. So that was fun. I think that, that those are um, some of my favorite moments with my parents. They can be fun when they want to. <laughs> Naturally. My favorite parent will be um, when I was in school, every time we would have vacation, um, we would go visit my grandmother to so my parents will go with us, um, um, my brother and I, and we will go see my grandmother. She was my favorite. So it was always a good time when we go there. Um, we would dance. We would play games. It's like when we dare her, it's like my parents are not really my parents. You know, they are fun. Um, we have fun. We play together. We laugh together. But then, boom. We go back home. <laughs> but I think that's my um, best memories with them. We will do that mostly every vacation. See her. Um, 
um, when I was little, and then we would just have fun the whole, you know, three months. Okay. What about you, Rasha? Well, one of my favorite memories is when my mom <laughs> came to get us from the from the party. Oh my the... god. Oh, oh my god. No. <laughs> I knew she was gonna Your mom slapped me in the <laughs> That's a good Because it's like she didn't want you know anybody to pick us up to go to the senior prom, right? Um, she was like, No, you know, we'll drop you. Um, her and her general, my dad, obviously. So they dropped us, but then you know, as teenager par- teenage parties, obviously, something went wrong, you know, there were fightings and shootings and whatever. So everybody, you know, either carpooled or <laughs> Or they, they drove, so they left. <laughs> and they left us all by ourselves. <laughs> so we had to call her to come get us. And when she got there, she was mad. She was like, oh, she already see the kind of people we're going to be in society. We're going to be the people who go to clubs until 5 a.m. when they're closing the clubs. And it's like, what did you want us to do? <laughs> we, we, we didn't drive there. <laughs> And you didn't want people to carpool with us, so uh, who would drop us home? And it was just so crazy. I was having an attitude with her. I was just so over it because I was like, "Peace out, y'all!" Like I'm about to like leave the house <laughs> and never come back. <laughs> but that's a good memory. Um, yeah, and then you got me slapped in the face. <laughs> <laughs> D. Almost left you. My dad saved you. <laughs> my dad was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> she was like, "Oh, I thought it was Rasha." <laughs> oh my god! But I have other, you know, less traumatic. <laughs> good memories and let me tell you guys just FYI Haitian parents will be the first to tell you that everything we just said is a lie Mm -hmm. they never remember all this bad stuff they do to us you know they'll sit and look at you and cry and tell you when did they ever do that to you when when were they ever that kind of parent (laughs) so I don't know if they also have like I don't know they're not all there (laughs) But I have also good memories. Like, I remember my dad used to do so many things with us. I used to go um, to games with my dad. I used to go to, like, soccer games with my dad on Sundays. And then my dad used to, like, you know, take us for pizza and ice cream. And then we would eat out. And with my siblings, we would talk about, like, politics and stuff like that. You know, my dad had a lot of daddy-daughter daddy children dates with us he took us to a lot of places you know um he would take us to like you know um when they were building our our house like he would take us to like the 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 I don't know how they say it in English but basically the place the land or whatever and we would be able to see the progress my dad did so many things with us and I have good memories with my mom too I remember I was always always like holding the little end of her dress wherever she would go I would be walking because I was the youngest so I was always with her um and then I loved um certain evenings when my aunts and uncles and some family friends would come over and they would sit on like the porch um and they would talk you know they would talk about the old their old days they would have a good time they would be you know drinking a little bit of alcohol and eating and it was like grown up time grown ups time but since i was the youngest and obviously the other siblings didn't want to play with me or whatever i was always with them so i would always be um laying on my mom's um lap and she would tap my butt to sleep and, you know, I was always with her, unless we're fighting, obviously. 
Um, <laughs> but I, I remember the good old time, like listening to the rain while we're sitting on the porch. I was always with them. I was always with both of my parents and both of my parents. I, I remember till this day, they're really, really good friends. Um, they're not just husband and wife, but they're also really good friends. I always witnessed them having really good conversations, you know. Um, sometimes they would gossip together, but it, it was just a very good thing to be around the both of them together. Yeah, true. Yeah, I guess we're just going to come back to wrap up. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so um, we are going to close this one right here. Um, it was definitely a good one. It's always a good one to record with you guys. I feel like I feel like I have more of girl times now that we record because it's like we get to be super busy and you know before the podcast we didn't really talk to each other that often. But the, the fact that we have to record and we're on a schedule, I feel like we have these beautiful conversations um, once a week. And a lot of them are good ones. You know, they bring me back, obviously, to my childhood when a lot of things were simpler. Um, but um, did you guys enjoy this one? Yes, it was good going Definitely. down memory lane <laughs> hearing you guys' um, night at that club. <laughs> oh my god. I, I, just, I can't forget this one. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> um, was a fun one. I had fun, you know, going back um, to my childhood. Um, it was great. Yeah. And um, obviously, we hope that, you know, you guys also enjoyed it and you guys can um, go back to your own memories of your parents, you know, thank them for all they've done and uh, learning from, you know, what we would have wanted them to do better. But um, we will be back next week with another one. And um, until then, thank God it's podcast. Bye. Bye.